What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition, another episode of The Styles Files. You already know who I am, Alan Styles, and if you don't know, now you know. And thank you for listening, whether you're new or whether you are a returner. Um, sorry I missed last week. Like I said, I've said this multiple times, and I think you already know everybody's busy right now with the holidays and things like that. And the only good thing about when I miss is that I always have a lot of information coming the week after you know what I mean um I had a decent amount going on last week uh, jingle ball things like that I might get into that a little bit but you know this week or last week wasn't that crazy I'm like you know what I'm kind of busy let's just skip because I knew the week after had a lot going on and that's what I have to talk to you about today whether it's sports or whether it's my personal life we got Holiday parties, we got SantaCon, we got Raider games, we got crazy NFL games, we got Draymond's return, we got the Heisman, very controversial Heisman in some people's eyes. So I'm making up for it today, so let's rock with it and let's get going. So first of all, speaking of um, holiday parties, you know, we had our holiday party this past week this past Thursday and holiday parties are always a great time you get to see people you know with their significant others having a great time in non really work environments and it's great to see you know I saw a bunch of people dancing it's a great time and things like that the one thing that is funny though and it has always been funny are when is the mingling right the mingling is what just usually is kind of the gift and the curse of these things. It's nice to talk to people, but then it can get kind of awkward. You don't really know when to leave. So I kind of sat down and I talked about it and um, and I thought about it as well. And I came up with these stages of awkward holiday party convo. So I'm going to go through them with you. The first one are the introductions. So the introductions, right? If someone already knows who you are, whatever the case may be, or knows who your significant other is, it's not a big deal. But it can get a little awkward, you know, when someone takes a date that they, you know, might not be official with yet. So you're like, hello, you know, this is my girlfriend, blah, 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 blah. And then they go, hello, this is Carol. This is Carol. You're just like, hello, hello, you know, and you wonder if you maybe put them in a weird situation, if maybe they hadn't prepared. So I thought that was really funny, um, at least for me, because I already knew what I was going to say. The next thing is that you got to talk about the food and the venue as soon as you're get going and you don't really know what else to say. You're like, wow, this really nice place, huh? Yeah, yeah. HR did a really good job this year. Really good job. You know, um, it's just, oh, the crab cakes are outstanding. You know, it's just a small talk to kind of get you through uh, when you don't want to just talk about work, 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 because your significant other, whoever you brought, doesn't really know what you're talking about. So that's stage two. Stage three is you got to talk about who's more drunk than you, right? Because nobody wants to be that person. So you're looking around. You're like, yeah, it's crazy, blah, 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 blah. Did you see Jason? I mean, that guy has been taking shots all night. I mean, I thought I was a little buzz. You know what I mean? So you always have to talk about the person more drunk than you so you don't seem that drunk anymore. It's like, well, you know, I was feeling myself, but Jason over there was hammered, hammered. So that's number three. Number four is when everything, it usually happens a little later in the night. It's when everything turns into like a drunk love fest, right? It's like people that you've barely worked with, you're just proclaiming helped you so much. 
You know what I mean? It's like, if it wasn't for this guy right here, I would have never got the promotion. We wouldn't have never signed that deal, ever. You, man, you. I look over at my girlfriend. She's like, you've been working there for over two years. I've never heard you say that name before. I'm like, just let me work, all right? Just let me work. Just let me mingle. So that's number four. And number five, which is probably um, the funniest one to me, at least, is the awkward goodbye. And you just never really know what to say. You got your drink in your hand. And I've heard every excuse under the sun with this, which makes it like even better. And the thing is, you know, like the people that you're really close with, you can talk about that with. Like during the party, we were talking about all the awkward goodbyes that we had to have. You know, like I was talking to my buddy. He was like, I've gone to the bathroom about seven times and I've been here for an hour. You know, like I've went, I've left to check out the crab cakes five times and the, the crab cakes were gone. They were not even there. I'm like, let me go check and see. <laughs> all right. Good talking to you. Okay. See you around. Everyone gets hammered because they're just using that excuse to go refill a drink. It's like, oh, looks like I'm getting a little low. I'm just going to head over to the bar. Great seeing you. Great talking to you. So those are my five stages of awkward holiday party convo. And I'm going to tell you, I got them all in on Thursday. And then after that, it was time to just start dancing and things like that. Of course, at the end of the night, we ended up at a karaoke bar, Silver Cloud. It was way too packed with like 22-year-olds. I stayed there for about... It felt like maybe 30 minutes at most and just got the heck up out of there. So that was just a small part of what was an epic weekend for me. But enough about me for now. Let's get into that crazy NFL weekend that we just had. So I talked about how I talked about how um, I'm in that NFL Pick'em League. And last year I won, so I thought I was swagged out. And this year... I just have been boo-boo, just like complete garbage. And I've been taking a couple chances. But, you know, last year it was funny. We had somebody who um, got down pretty early. And for like half the season, it felt like he was literally just picking all the underdogs, just trying to get back in it. Obviously, they're underdogs for a reason. Never worked out. And the reason I say that is because this week, if someone had done that, they would have caught probably the leader. I mean, if you look at uh, the Raiders winning, uh, the Browns, I don't know if that, the way the Pairs have been playing, I don't even know how much of an upset that is, but they're still the Browns, right? I think everyone just sees them and just clicks the other team. Um, but Baker's doing a good job. People are starting to not do that. Uh, so those were two crazy games. Obviously the Patriots lost something weird is always going on with them when they go to Miami. Um, and then, you know, the Giants, I guess, you, again, you got Mark Sanchez for the Redskins. So was it really uh, upset? I don't know. Odell wasn't playing. So there were some crazy, crazy games, and we had a chance to get back in it. And we just couldn't. We just couldn't. Everybody, And I mean, like, collectively, everyone who's not in the lead, because the guy's winning by at least um, five or six games, based on who's on second place. It ain't me. I'm losing by like 10 at this point. Uh, So that was the chance to do it. We couldn't do it. And I'm pretty much waving the white flag. I think it was like a $50 buy-in. I'm just taking that out of my account now. It's over. It's over. Uh, I'm going to keep playing, but I'm not very confident. So I know we talked about some NFL a little bit. Let's get into a little bit of college. So 
you know, the top four teams, I may have discussed this before with uh, Alabama, obviously, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma. I don't have any issues with the top four. I still think Alabama is going to win the whole thing, personally. I just do. I think I, I haven't seen enough of Notre Dame, to be honest. And Clemson, you know, they're just kind of hot and cold, and these slow starts that they tend to have sometimes, you can't, it's hard to come back from that against Alabama if they get past Notre Dame. Um, so I'm not really going to dive too much into that. What I want to talk about is the Heisman, right? So Tua, I'm not even going to try to say his last name because I just don't want to butcher it. It starts with uh, another T. And uh, Kyler Murray from Oklahoma, so Tua's from Alabama, Kyler Murray from Oklahoma, were the two front runners for the Heisman. Looked like Tua had it locked up majority of the year. I'm sure you've heard all this before. Kyler came in based on some certain circumstances, um, you know, games and blowouts and showing up at the right time. Kyler came in and won it, you know, to a lot of people's surprise. So I kind of want to go through why I think it really wasn't that close. Um, Everybody is saying that the stats don't really matter because, you know, Tua sat out a lot for the blowouts and all that. I don't care. That's not what we're basing this on, right? You can't assume somebody is going to continue to play at a certain level and not give it to someone who actually played at that level. That's number one. And number two, I'm going to dive in to uh, each team's schedule, right? And, you know, the highlights of it or the lowlights. And you tell me, you tell me what, just kind of resonates with you better. But first of all, the reason I'm having to do this is because on its face, Kyler Murray threw for more yards, threw for more touchdowns, and had way more rushing yards, and also had a higher passer efficiency. So those those are four, like, main stats that Kyler won with. Everyone's, oh, you know, you can't just look at the stats because of, um, you know, you can't just look at the stats because to a sat, things like that. Whose fault is that, though? Whose fault really is that? I'm going to go through Oklahoma's record, and I'm going to go through Alabama's record. I'm going to do Oklahoma first. Okay, so they beat FAU, Florida Atlantic, who was 5-7, and seven, okay? They barely beat Army. They beat them in overtime, I believe. Army is 10-2 and two now. They beat Kansas, who is the bottom Peter of the Big 12. Everybody knows that. They're 3-9, and nine, right? And then they lost to Texas in a rivalry game by three points, I believe. Um, and they later avenged that loss, as I'm sure everybody's heard. And then let's listen to the other teams that they beat. West Virginia, who was hot for a second. Baylor. TCU and Oklahoma State, who had... who had a couple upsets this year. Those are all middle-of-the-pack Big 12 schools, right? And Kyler Murray did what he did against their school, against those schools. Sure, Big 12, high-scoring, high-flying, no defense. I get it. I get it. But I can only say what he has done in a Power 5 conference, okay? I don't care if you think SEC is better. I don't care if you think, you know, Big 12 is overrated. It's still a Power 5. You know what I mean? They're in the playoff, okay? Now I'm going to go through Alabama's schedule. Alabama beat the breaks off Arkansas State, who was 5-3 in the powerful Sun Belt. 
They also beat Louisiana Lafayette, who also went 5-3 and three in the Sun Belt. Those are two of the games right there. They played the Citadel, who finished seventh in the FCS. They can't even go to a bowl game, and they finished seventh. Okay? Those are three games right there. Now, so I, I get the argument, you know what I mean, why people are like, they need to play tougher teams. It's right there. The proof is in the pudding. So there's that. Now let's talk about the teams that they didn't have control over, the teams in the SEC. So this is just a little bit of, I don't know if you want to call it bad luck or whatever the case may be, but I'm just going to go through them, okay? They played Tennessee. They beat Tennessee, obviously. Tennessee finished last in the SEC East, okay? They also played Ole Miss, who finished second to last in the SEC West, and the only reason they finished second to last is because of Arkansas, who Alabama also played, who finished last in the SEC West and I believe had the worst SEC record in the whole SEC conference. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's six games. That's base, That's half their games. That's half their games. Okay? Like, you're not going to get a pass for that. I don't care if, oh, well, he could have put up crazy numbers. Leave him in then. You don't want to leave him in? There goes the Heisman. Sorry. You know, this is not a what-if game. You can't play those games. I don't care if he could have done something. Kyler Murray did it, and people watched, and he did it at the right times. And it's just it's, – it's debatable. Don't get me wrong, but I don't really think it was that much of a surprise. All the Bama fans are upset. Tell, tell Coach Saban to leave him in there. Win by 100 then, you know? But this idea that we can assume he would have had better numbers, which he may have, but we don't know. We don't know. So that's how I kind of look at the Heisman after breaking everything down. It's just like, look, at the end of the day, Kyler Murray had better stats in a Power 5 conference and is also in the playoff. What more do you want? You know, and... Like I said, I think Alabama's going to win. So Tua is on the better team. So Kyler Murray, you could argue, made his team better than Tua made his team better. You know what I mean? It's just, like I said, it's debatable, but I don't think it's as close as people think. Um, Getting into some Warrior talk quickly. All I got to say about that is that Draymond returned this week, uh, and they won the game. And I looked, and they, as in Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, did their double clap high five. So all is well in Warriorville, and Boogie is just waiting, salivating, and he is coming. So for now, everything's all good, you know? I will say I did see, uh, this was just like towards the end of the game, and I did see there was a play where Jarebko, they were passing the ball around. Jarebko is one of those ones where he was Pretty, he was pretty open, but KD, the guy that was guarding KD, went to help, so KD was really open. Jarebko, t- and they were they were up by like 10 at this point with maybe four, three, four minutes left in the game. Jarebko passes it off to KD, and KD immediately was just like, give me the ball, you know? So he Jarebko missed it, it went out of bounds, and as they're running back, KD was just like, dude, give me the ball. 
And of course, Jerebko, the camera's on Jerebko, you can just see him like, I got you, I got you, I got you. He said it about five, ten times. And like, I get all that, but my point of saying that is, this is go- like the I- original issue of KD calling out people for not passing him the ball if he feels that he's open or he has a good shot. It's going to come up again. Now, granted, in this situation, it was fairly obvious. Like I said, I don't think Jerebko took a bad shot, but. Uh, how the Warriors play basketball, you always make that extra pass. And he didn't, right? He's new to the team. He's been doing great for the team. Um, But this is going to come up again. And you put Boogie in the mix. Look, obviously I'm hoping nothing uh, negative happens. But, you know, everybody is still going to be them. So the idea that they're not going to be any more blowouts is probably – completely incorrect as far as the teammates let's just hope that this time Draymond doesn't tell anybody that they don't need them to win because uh that's just never a good look for anyone all right taking a little break from the sports action let's get into the second big event that I had this past weekend SantaCon now, if you listen to I believe it was my last episode I talked about how the idea of SantaCon made me extremely tired, but I was going to go anyway, and I was going to get lit. Well, a couple shots later and a couple drinks from an ice luge later, I was correct. I was extremely tired, but I was very lit, and I had a great time, an amazing time. Basically, we started out at a house party I got invited to uh, by my buddy, so that was pretty cool. Just starting there. After that, I was talking to uh, one of my basketball buddies, and he's like, and you know, I think I said last year we were on the outskirts. So we weren't on Polk Street, even though we went to SantaCon. We were kind of outside, you know, um, at the other bars. So he hits me up. We're talking. I'm like, where are you at? He's like, you need to come through, blah, 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 blah. I didn't know what I was getting into. As I'm getting out, and seeing the 100,000 Santas walking everywhere, I get a text from him that says, yeah, um, when you see the line, the line is around the corner, but just give the guy a 20. He'll let you in. I'm like, give him a what? Dude, I still got, uh, this was not in the plan. Why wouldn't you tell me this before I got to the house party? Come on, man. So now, or before I left the house party. So now I'm in the middle of freaking Santaville. I can't. You know, I don't know what's going on. Me and my girlfriend start arguing because we don't know what to do next. Next thing you know, we end up at some Korean spot ordering food. They're kicking us out at like 3 p.m. because they're over it. We have nowhere to eat. And lo and behold, we end up at an awesome cash-only dive bar with great drink specials open. As in, you know, wasn't that crowded. I call up my buddy from work who loves karaoke, he comes through. Next thing I know, we're at a karaoke place, and I'm singing Yeah by Usher in my Santa outfit. Now, this all ended at about 5 p.m. when I was like, dude, I need to go home now, or I'm going to fall asleep on the mic. But it was outstanding. With that being said, I don't know if I can top it, so I might not be going back next year. You know, I just, I think I may have done all I could do in the SantaCon realm. Again, I say that now, and when I do this episode next year, I'll probably have a very similar story. And that, folks, was my experience at this year's SantaCon. Now, to finish up my weekend, 
I wake up on Sunday uh, still partially drunk. That's like a thing of mine. Like sometimes I just uh, don't wake up sober. <laughs> um, and last week I had another buddy of mine text me, hey, do you want tickets to the Raider game? So at the time I was, you know, I had a plan. So I was like, no, I can't make it. So, you know, I was just wondering maybe he had um, season tickets. Again, still a little buzzed. And I texted him and say, you going this week? Because I knew a buddy from work was going. He's like, no, do you want them? I said, yes. So next thing you know, one second, I'm talking to my girlfriend saying, hey, let's just chill on Sunday. Let's not really do too much. The next thing you know, I have amazing seats to the Raider game, and we're at a tailgate, you know, singing like, all the West Coast songs. They had DJs out there. And we weren't even there for a majority of the tailgate uh, because we didn't know we were going. So we had laundry and we had to wait for that to end and things like that. Next thing you know, we're like, st- I'm staring at Big Ben and Antonio Brown. It was amazing. Then to top it all off, the Raiders' field is so bad, it worked to their advantage and they won. Boswell slipped and they won. But I want to say this, though, about NFL games. If you ever want proof, that the NFL is rigged, go go watch it live. And don't you can't be in the nosebleeds. You have to like be fairly close because the things that they call and the things that get changed, like obviously they want all the biggest teams in the playoffs. And the Steelers are a huge team, you know, even for my job, um, you know, the Steelers doing well helps for listening and things like that. So I get it. But some of the calls were so egregious, it was incredible. There was a play where Derek Carr uh, went to throw the ball. His hand, I thought his hand was coming forward. Obviously, I'm, um, you know, a little biased. They call it a fumble, and the Steelers got the ball. Steelers get the ball. Next thing you know, uh, I think I think Dobbs was in. It was either Dobbs or Big Ben. One of them did the same exact thing on the next drive, I'm pretty sure, on the next drive, and it was called incomplete immediately, immediately. It was crazy, and along with all the different holding penalties and things like that, it was just clear that, you know, nobody is watching the Raiders in a couple months, right, because they ain't going to be playing, so this was about the Steelers, and it was so blatant, it was so obvious that I was like, wow, you know, it's like... They're going to Vegas, so I don't know when the next time I'm going to go to a game anyway. And I didn't pay for these tickets, but if I paid and they ended up losing, I would have been freaking pissed because they weren't even trying. Like, let's not forget, this is the same situation as last year with the Cowboys when they used an index card and nobody talked about it. Nobody talked about it. Like, even the talking heads, like, at ESPN and things like that, nobody talked about it. It just went away. It just went away, man. Like, a lot of these football, like these NFL officiating calls, they just go away. Like, commentators just won't talk about them and things like that. So that was my only negative-ish takeaway from the game. But besides that, it was a great time, great hospitality from, um, you know, my dad's friends who allowed us to tailgate with them. Uh, And, you know, at this point, like I said, I'm not planning on giving the Raiders any money. So that was probably the last... Raider game in Oakland, I'll and definitely in Oakland that I'll you know that I'll attend, and who knows when I'll go to one in Vegas. Um, whenever I get free tickets, I guess. But to see Big Ben, to see Antonio Brown, but to also see the Raiders win was a great way to kind of cap it all off. I'll tell you that much. Um, but I got to chill now, right? I got to chill. It's been a 
like I said, an epic weekend for me, uh, not so epic weekend for my wallet. Uh, so the good thing about that is, or the good thing about the situation is that last year, my family is not huge, but you know, we have my, both my sisters have boyfriends. Uh, so it's us three plus the boyfriends, then our parents, uh, my older sister has two kids. So, it gets a little sticky when it's Christmas time and you got to give gifts and things like that. So last year, I believe my mom came up with the idea and I encourage all of you to use this too. If you're in a big uh, uh, family that's older now and it's just like, well, we can just give each other, you know, gift cards and things like that. Or I would encourage you to do a secret Santa. Now, I don't know if I'm late on this, but you know, the secret Santa is pretty cool because you only have to give one gift and you can kind of ask around and see, hey, what would somebody like? What would somebody else like? Like last year, I got my older sister's uh, boyfriend and I gave him like a really nice bottle of whiskey and he hasn't even opened it yet. So that was really cool. Instead of feeling like you need to give to everybody and then everybody ends up getting like $30 gifts that nobody really needs or you're just giving them gift cards. Now, the one place where that doesn't apply is with the kids, right? Like any any kid, everybody can chip in and get like whatever their list is, you know? Um, so I have my little niece and I definitely need to get her something good because I'm not in uh, good standing with her right now, let's say. So, you know, uh, I believe she's four or five. I know my older sister's going to be really upset that I don't know that, but I know I'm, I know it's one of those two. Um, but the weekend prior to last weekend when I didn't go to the Raider game, that's because I had said, Hey, I'm going to, um, take my little niece to see the Grinch. Now, was it better than the Jim Carrey Grinch? Absolutely not. But that's besides the point. It was still cute. It was still a good time. So I think because the last time we hung out, she was expecting it to be like an all day event. Like last time she stayed over at my apartment you know, we did ice cream, we went to the park, we did all this stuff, you know. So I think that's what she expected, but it was a Sunday, you know, and I was just like, look, I just wanted to stop by, take you to the movies, and see you around Christmas. She was so upset when we took her back, right? And you know with little kids, like as soon as, like she's just like, you want to go, I want to go to Rock and Jump after we walked, after we left the movies, you know, like one of the trampoline places. I'm like, Rock and Jump? I'm like, it's five o'clock, I got to go home. I got to go home. And she just, she really thought we had the whole day together and her face just dropped. I felt like I was just a complete failure. Take her back to my sister's place. Um, Didn't even, she didn't even say bye to me. I haven't even spoken to her since. So uh, my sister strategically sends the Christmas list right after that happened. So, you know, I definitely got to hook her up with something. That is for sure. Um, But with all that being said, That kind of wraps up my episode for today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, It's been great having you listen, if you've been listening. Um, Have a great weekend. If I don't talk to you before then, enjoy your holidays. Keep enjoying your holidays. And until next time, be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.